0: Hello, and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. Today we read two double, two double parashas. We read Behar Behukotai. And um, there's a beautiful message in this Torah reading about humility, about pride. Um, you know, today, I'm, as I'm filming this today, is Lakba Omer, is the 33rd day of the Omer, which is the Sephirah of hot Hot, humility within humility. And there is a beautiful piece written by Eli Tauger, which is an adaptation of the Sihas of the, Re, of the Rebbe, of the Rebbe Lubavitch. It's in Likute Torah, Likute Tzihot, volume one. And uh, it's about the, the inner message of what really humility and pride mean. So he writes, he says that we find the following difference uh, of opinion recorded in the Talmud in which the rabbis discuss if it's good to have a little bit of pride or if if it's something that is really not good for a person to have pride within himself so it says that Rav Hiya Bar Ashi states in the name of Rav a Torah scholar should have 164th part of pride like you know, like when you cook a pot of meat, one-sixtieth of, um, of milk falls into the pot of milk, then it becomes, a, of meat, if you have a pot of a soup, of chicken soup, and a one-sixtieth of milk falls into it, then the whole soup is still considered a kosher, it's considered meat. Uh, here it's interesting because Rav Hilla, he says, that a person should have one sixty-fourth uh, part of pride within himself so that the light, light-headed will not act arrogantly towards him and so that his word, words will be accept, accepted by them. So he's saying like a little bit of pride is something that it's healthy for a person to have so he can have people respect him. Rav Huna, the son of Rav Yehoshua, says... This small measure of pride adorns him as his bristle adorns the ear of grain. So this pride adorns a person. And Rava declares, whoever possesses pride deserves to be placed under a ban of ostracism. Conversely, whoever lacks this quality entirely deserves to be placed under a ban. If he does not possess a small degree of pride, his townsmen will not be in awe of him and he will not have the power to to rebuke them, says Rashi. Then Rav Nachman Bar Itzhak states, Neither pride nor any part of it is it it a small matter. Like if it's one sixty-fourth of pride, it's not something that is considered small. What is written, all those who are proud of heart are an abomination to God. So what is this whole thing about pride? Some rabbis said that we should have a little dose of it within ourselves so we can gain respect from people, so we can be uh, someone that is listened to. And then Rach Nachman Baritzak, he comes and he says, like pride is the worst thing ever, like a person that has pride in him is like an abomination to God. And this is something very strong. So what is the rationale for the uh, proof text cited by Rach Nachman Baritzak? Pride comes from an appreci- appreciation. Sometimes it's realistic and sometimes it's not uh, realistic. Sometimes people are proud of something they feel they are and they're not. And when a person feels proud of his achievements, even when his pride is justified, he denies God's providence to some degree. This is what Rah Nachman Baritzak is saying. For by pride, the person is ascribing his success to his own. So this is what worries him, that if a person feels some type of pride, he's proud of an achievement he he made, he's not going to acknowledge that Hashem had something to do with it. And uh, if he would realize the truth that all his success comes from Hashem, and really it's a gift from God the only thing we do really is to put our effort that's all we have to do but the outcome really is in the hands of God then he would have no pride at all because he would understand that he is successful because Hashem allowed him to be successful and it only comes through his hand so this is not to minimize the importance of a person's endeavors uh, the effort a person has to put into achieving certain things in his life is not a small matter. Like I know for myself, uh, not being religious, becoming religious, giving up on some, on many things of my life that I love to do or I love to have, and I don't have them anymore because I, they're not accepted. They're not kosher uh, or they're not accepted practices of of, of a of a from Jew. Uh, it takes a lot of work yes Hashem gave me the the ability to do it Hashem gave me the strength to do it he gave me the opportunity to do it everything is true but at a certain point yeah I did have to sacrifice I did have to give up things in my life that I loved doing or having like going to the beach in a bikini you know I don't do that thing anymore and I used to love it so yes you have to get rid of a lot of, of a lot of things it is my effort, this is what I did this is, but I never should forget that it came with the hand of God that Hashem, first of all, he gave me the, 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 the strength to do it he was the one that gave me the idea to do it everything comes from him so at the end, this little pride is good in a sense that it will allow me to feel better about myself and help me do more things for Hashem But the pride should not be that I made it, I did it, it was my my achievement no because in reality if Hashem wouldn't have given me the push and he wouldn't given me the strength and he wouldn't given me the teachers he gave me and the books I read and all these other things that strengthened me to be able to do these things then I would never be where I am today so this is not to minimize the importance of a person's efforts it is written and God will bless you in all you do which implies that a person's efforts are necessary we need the effort if you don't have an if you don't put the effort then nothing will happen it's like you can take the horse to the river to drink water but if he doesn't put the, the head in the in the water he you cannot drink the water for him so it's the same with Hashem he gave us the opportunity, he gave us the teacher, he gives us the books, he gives us the community, he gives us everything so we can be in a, in a place, in a moment in time where we can achieve it. But if we don't put the effort, we ourselves, then we won't be able to, to, to succeed. So these efforts are no more than a medium. They're the, 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 the conduit, the source of success remains only in Hashem and when success comes from God's blessings there is no reason for an individual to feel pride, uh, personal pride, because in reality it was because of him that I am where I am, and the truth is it's true I am where I am because he put me in where I had it to be he gave I was in the right place at the right time with the right people with the right information, the mazal was there to, for me to be able to accomplish, so Nevertheless, as indicated by our sages, by the other sages mentioned above, the ones that believe that a person should have a certain amount of pride, uh, there's an advantage to have, to have. they say there is an advantage to having a certain amount of pride. For unless a person asserts himself with confidence, his words will not be heeded. And without a fair measure of self-assurance, the person himself will not be able to persevere in the face of challenge. So one is saying, okay, you should not have pride because it's Hashem, the one that gives you the success. You're successful. The blessings come through him and he's right. hundred percent right. That is a truth. But then the other sages, they're not contradicting him. They're saying that, yeah, a person should have a little amount of pride. It's healthy for a person to feel this. Because this will give him uh, the the, the, the endurance, the the netzach, the perseverance to be able to confront any challenge in life. If a person doesn't feel good about himself, at least a little bit, then he won't do anything. Because why for? You know, a person needs to feel good. So the... so, and, and also, he's, they say, the person himself will not be able to persevere in the face of challenge. Moreover, feelings of satisfa- satisfaction and pride encourage joy. When a person feels good about himself, he's a happy person. And there's no bigger mitzvah than to serve Hashem with joy. So, yes, it's allowed. It's allowed to feel good about yourself because if you wouldn't feel good about yourself, then you wouldn't feel joy and um, you wouldn't serve Hashem. So one can, however, reap the advantages of pride without its drawbacks, for there is a deeper source of pride than one's own self, one's abilities, or one's achievements. There's another um, connotation to pride. There's a divine pride and there's a selfish pride. So God has made us holy through his commandments and he said, make, let us make man in my image. So this, uh, he made us in a way that we can emulate him, that we can be like him, and he, he he draws us near to his service, and he gives us with a bond of, and he endows us with a bond of closeness to him, and a mission to elevate and refine the world at large. So Hashem puts a, a, a soul in a body, he sends him to this world, and this particular soul comes with these particular qualities that make him. Um, special in the world so he can be able to fulfill his his purpose in the world so you cannot be proud about your qualities if you're intelligent if you're beautiful if you have a beautiful voice if you're eloquent with words you cannot be proud about this because this is not something you created for yourself this is something that was given to you Hashem made you like this these qualities that you are outstanding on really are there so you can serve your purpose in this world that's the the, the, this is the toolbox that God gave you so you can fulfill your purpose so because of this there's no way to feel proud about your achievements in this sense of working with your qualities because at the end of the day you didn't make yourself so the, the consciousness of this bond and identification with this mission generates inner pride, satisfaction, and fulfillment. In the sense that when you're living up to your potential, when you're living up to who you really are, and you're fulfilling your purpose and your mission in this world, then you do have feelings of satisfaction and fulfillment. And this is, it, is, it should be that way. So this approach allows humility and pride to be seen as complementary allies it's not that either you're humble or proud or proud or humble a person can have both of them there's holy humility and unholy humility there's holy pride and unholy pride so a holy humility is a person that's been unholy humility is a person that's bent. is a person that never looks at anybody in the eyes it's a person that feels like everybody's better than him or if he's a very good at something he doesn't want to show it off and this is not holy this is not a holy humility we're not doormats where people stand and clean their feet this is not humility in a certain way I would say it's arrogance but the, the, the true humility is to stand up straight smile and be happy for what you are and what you represent in this world that's humility and the pride of being able to achieve what you have to achieve is also a holy pride. So developing selfless humility encourages a person to heighten his connection to Hashem and his service. And this in turn provides him with deeper resources of pride and esteem. So a person that knows, for example, his excellent, his excellent biology. He's like a, the top student of his class in biology, and chemistry, and all these areas. And he loves medicine. Obviously, this is part of his mission in life. He's supposed to be a doctor. So he goes and he studies and he excels and he's great. Why? Because Hashem made him like this so he can become this person. And then this person comes out to the world and he's this renowned scientist. And suddenly he discovers, God willing, soon, the, the vaccine for this COVID-19. And this person suddenly becomes this hero of the world. And everybody's saved and this thing is gone forever. Okay? Happy ending. Okay. So this person, he could become very arrogant and he could become very obnoxious and and proud of himself because yes, he saved the world. But if he's a humble person, he's a true humble person, yes, he's going to feel good about himself because you know what? Hashem brought me to this world to to be able to find the vaccine for COVID-19. He gave me this mission. I am the medium. I am the conduit to be able to produce this uh, vaccine this is why I was created this is my whole purpose of creation this is why I'm here and Hashem thank God gave me the Brahma to be the person to be able to bring this uh, salvation to the world it was through me but it comes from God this is humility and this is a person that re- he has a certain amount of pride because he was able to accomplish what God wanted him to accomplish so in in this kind of pride is more powerful than the generated by an appreciation of one's virtues Self-centered pride is limited and can be dampened by a formidable open opponent and um, and challenge. Like a person can be the richest person in the world and he's made millions and millions of dollars in the stock market because he's so bright, he's, he he got it. He he's like the Midas king that everything he touches becomes gold. And then from one day to the next, this COVID thing comes up and suddenly all his fortune is gone, all the of people who, who, who invested with him is gone and he can be this brilliant mind but he, didn't, he, he couldn't protect his assets they were gone in one minute so a person that doesn't have a, 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 a holy healthy uh, humility will be devastated by this and his pride will be zero. He will have zero self-esteem because his self-esteem depends on his achievements. And he doesn't understand that the blessing came from God. So the personal strength derived from a commitment to fulfilling God's will by contrast reflects the infinite nature of its objective and no obstacle is able to stand in its way. So a person, when he's humble... He, he understands that he makes all his money because Hashem gave him a blessing this is a blessing from God there's a purpose for this money he has to put it to work in good things and he's responsible for it he's an accountant of Hashem he's the, the, the bank that's holding Hashem's money and he understands he has a huge responsibility with it he's responsible he has a bigger responsibility than other people that don't have this amount of money so his pride is not in his achievements, is in the responsibility that God gave him. So our sages alluded to this concept in their statement the servant of the king is like the king himself. A servant is not considered a separate entity from his master, it is as if he is an extension of his master's person. So, um, so we see here that a person that is serving Hashem, that is an evet Hashem, as a servant of God, he doesn't see himself as something separate from God. Our our patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov, they were they were known as the chariots of Hashem. This is how they're known. The, what does it mean to be a chariot? A chariot is like a vehicle that's taking someone somewhere. But the one that's driving the vehicle is not the chariot. So Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov were really the vehicle for Hashem to do what Hashem needed to be done in this world. And that's why they, they were able to go through everything they went through. And they never gave themselves a pat in the back, well done. Never. Because they understood that their success came only from God. Therefore the self-assurance manifested by the servant is not his own, but his master's and conveys all the power of his master's position. So a person who's totally committed to God, to serving Hashem, uncovers far more powerful resources of inner strength. He's uh, super strong internally, than than he possesses by virtue of his self alone. Look, we're all going through a hardship right now. Everybody on their own is going through hard times. This is not easy. As much as we try to look for the silver lining and we're trying to keep ourselves positive and we're trying to see the goodness in everything, it's not easy. It's not easy for the moms that are homeschooling their children 24 hours a day and they're having to cook meals all day and they have no time for themselves it's not easy for the husbands that are scared if they're going to have a business tomorrow it's not easy for anybody for the grandparents that are alone in their homes or people that are lonely it's not easy it's not an easy moment in life our strength really comes from that connection to God and to understand that at this moment, we're also serving Hashem. This is where He wants us. He wants us doing the things that we're doing right now. If we're able to connect to that reality, to connect that this is what He wants from me right now, at this moment, He wants me to be a home at school mom, at this moment, He wants me to not have work, at this moment, He wants me to be alone, and this is what he wants from me, and you serve him with joy, then you're going to have all the strength in the world. It's going to come from a divine place. It's going to be so holy and so strong. So this, self, this type of self-assurance was exemplified by Moshe Rabbeinu, our, 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 for, our forefather Moshe our teacher. Like Mo, there's nobody like Moses. From Moses to Moses, there's nobody like Moses. And he himself told the Jewish people, It is I who stand before God and you, and it was he who wrote the verse, and that there never arose in Israel a prophet like Moses. Nevertheless, he was more humble than all the men on the face of the earth. So how can a person like Moshe Rabbeinu, really? He was a leader of leaders not just a leader he was the leader of leaders he guided the Jewish people 40 years in the desert and brought them to the land of Israel he he nurtured them he guided them he taught them he was the greatest man in history how can it be that such a person was so humble he was the most humble person that there has ever been in the world so Moshe the secret to him was that he did not see pride and humility as conflicting tendencies. He didn't see it like either I'm proud or I'm, or I'm humble. You cannot be both. He didn't see it as something that was contradicting. Although he knew the greatness of the mission he had been given, like he was given this huge mission, and realized that he had been granted a unique personal traits. Hashem had made him special traits so he could fulfill that mission. The knowledge did not lead to the ego conscious pride. Why? Because on the contrary, he saw himself like if Hashem would have given these qualities to someone else, he would have given this mission to someone else, maybe this, all these gifts, maybe this person would have done a better job than myself. That, that's the, 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 the secret to his humility. And he always was a leader. He ne- never denied being the leader of Israel. He never said, no, I'm not the leader. He was the leader. But he, ac- he acknowledged that if Hashem would have chosen someone else, and he would have given him the qualities that he was given, maybe that person would have done a better job than he did. So the above concepts are reflected in the name of this week's poarasha behar behar means uh, on the mountain and it's interesting because <clears throat> the verse is uh, it refers to mount sinai but it's not saying the, 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 at Mount Sinai, it says Behar, on the mountain. Because Mount Sinai represents the, the synthesis of the two potentials that we m- mentioned about: above, the humility and the pride. For one hand, it is the lowest mountain in the, in the desert. It was a low, low mountain. It was a mount, it's called Mount Sinai which is a, a, a symbol of humility and, and this is what Hashem wanted to, to teach the people that to be able to learn Torah to be able to acquire the knowledge of Torah you have to be a humble person you cannot have ego involved pride because if you are egocentric if you, if you acquire Torah knowledge for your own self-serving purposes then you're, you're losing the, the whole point of it The the, the Torah has to be acquired in a humble way to serve Hashem. This is the only reason that we're given the Torah, so we can serve Hashem, to know what He wants from us. So the mount was a symbol of humility, and yet it is a mountain exemplifying pride and power a mountain, you know, as, as low as it can be it also represents power and it is the fusion of these two opposites which make Sinai the mountain of God the place which God chose to manifest his presence and conveys his teachings by giving the Torah so there is however a slight difficulty in this uh, reading the Torah says it's not named Behar Sinai on Mount Sinai it is called Behar on the mountain the qualities of pride and fortitude are are emphasized but not the modulating influence of the humility of Sinai the lowest of the mountains so in resolution it can be explained that the phrase Pehar Sinai on Mount Sinai refers to a person who reminds himself of the need to subdue his self-importance the very fact that these efforts are necessary indicates that his humility does not entirely encompass his being person that is humble is a person that acknowledges his qualities acknowledges his purpose and mission in the world, acknowledges that everything is given to him by Hashem that his success is Hashem's success through him he only has to put the effort, that's all he has to do but whatever is gonna be the outcome it's not in your hands it's in Hashem's hands so if you God forbid, are sent on a mission and you put all your effort and the mission uh, has to be ejected because it didn't go through, it's not your fault. It's Hashem didn't want it to go through, but he wanted your effort. So, So we understand here that by contrast, a person has totally sublimated his identity to the mission with which God has entrusted him and he does not need to remind himself of the need to be humble. A humble person doesn't need to be reminded to be humble. His own self-concern is of no importance to him. He just wants to fulfill Hashem's will. He just wants to do what Hashem wants him to do. And this is the intent of the name Behar on the mountain, that a servant of God stands proud, firmly rooted in the power endowed by the strength of his purpose. So the pride that we should have is that Hashem created us because he needs us, he loves us, and he entrusts in us a responsibility. You know, look at your kids. When you give them a responsibility, when you tell your child, for example, can you help me set the table? That kid is going to get all, 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 all like this. Sure, this I, I, I tell you because I've done it with my grandchildren, and they get so happy that they're going to set the table. They feel so proud that their grandmother is asking them for help but they're not doing them for themselves they're doing for the grandma so this is what uh, this see this, how uh, the Rebbe is trying to teach us is that when we understand that Hashem endowed us with a mission, with a purpose and we are like wow he trusts in me, he believes in me wow so my grandmother, she trusts me with her plates wow, I can't believe it this is the pride but not that pride, that that hollow pride of a person that he feels he made himself and he's the soul, the success of his, of his efforts come because of him. That's not the pride that Hashem is talking about here. So this strength of purpose will enable our people to overcome any challenge, uh, whatever is comforting, confronting us right now and God willing uh, this will be the last moments of our exile and we'll be able to receive Messiah soon in our days so I wish you a blessed week remember to stand tall and straight and remember live a little higher, thank you